Welcome back to Vegan for the Culture. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is Mahalit and I'm a home chef, wellness coach, content creator, and founder of Just One Gursha, where I spread love through plant-based cooking and culture. Vegan for the Culture is where we discuss all things food, culture, and wellness inspired by practices from around the world. Today's episode is a topic that I have been really excited to start talking about on this podcast because this is really the secret behind my entire cooking journey and what inspires me to keep creating. We're talking about the most important tool in anyone's kitchen, a tool that you can't buy at any store because we all have this from the moment we're born. The most important kitchen tool is your intuition. Some of the best cooking lessons I've gotten from the best chefs in my life is really focused on learning how to hone and develop my own culinary intuition. Because everyone starts off not knowing what they're doing in the kitchen. Everyone starts off as a terrible cook because you're kind of just throwing stuff in and you don't know what it does, you don't know how it tastes with other foods. You might make an occasional delicious meal, but then you can't replicate that same delicious meal because you don't know what you did right, right? We have all been at this point of our cooking journey. This is where we all start. There is no magical gene for cooking. (laughs) So you see, intuitive cooking is just as important as intuitive eating. Cooking in a way that's like most fulfilling to you and your soul and your taste buds is not going to come from someone else. It can't come from a celebrity chef, a cooking show, a cookbook author, or even an online recipe developer. All of these people and resources are incredibly valuable, don't get me wrong, but they can't substitute this really important work of developing your own intuition in the kitchen. As humans, you know, food preparation is is one of the most natural and instinctive practices we have, right? We know intuitively that we're supposed to eat, and we intuitively kind of know to find ways to make that happen. And so when I visit my family who lives in rural parts of Ethiopia, cooking is really as simple as going out into the field, picking fresh ingredients, bringing it into the house, and preparing a dish from whatever is available. There aren't any recipes, any cooking tutorials, or expectations. And I think one thing we have lost in this kind of modernized world is that our expectations of cooking is to achieve something that somebody has spent years developing on our first try. We look at these pictures of chefs who have been cooking for decades and get upset when we try their recipe and it doesn't look the way their food looks. We're comparing like our first week to their 10th year, 20th year, 30th year of cooking. 
And so we have these unrealistic expectations that we can't fulfill. A problem with relying on recipes is that that recipe photo becomes your expectation and it just triggers the perfectionism. And I've seen this in workshops I've taught, I've seen this in clients I've coached or one-on-one. Perfectionism is such an enemy of progress in the kitchen. Perfectionism inherently makes you believe that there is a flawless form of a dish or meal. And in the kitchen where there's literally an infinite possibility of creations, there is no such thing as flawless, right? Food is more like an art. Everyone has a different taste and your job isn't trying to achieve a perfect form of someone else's taste. It's like trying to do cover of someone else's song, you know? It'll never be the original and everyone would just rather experience your own unique variation or your own song, even if it's not as well written as that other person's. Food is very much the same way. I think people get intimidated by cooking or whatever they're at in their cooking journey or maybe even cooking for like the best chefs in your life. I know that can be challenging. Because you think that what other people want is some honed, developed, perfected version of what somebody else has been working on for decades. And that's not it. When somebody wants to eat your cooking, they want to eat what you create as it is without comparing it to something else that they've seen in the world is that they want to experience something that is truly of your creation and that you have put your energy into. If you struggle with perfectionism, I think it's so human of all of us to struggle with it to some extent. Understand that making mistakes is the learning and allow yourself to walk into the kitchen without expectations. I think a lot of times we try and cook in really tight conditions where we expect us to knock it out of the park when we've created a really stressful environment. So I recommend cooking when you are not hungry and when you have time to kill and you don't have any guests at your house waiting on your meal. Give yourself the time to play and explore without pressure. Don't cook for your family or your significant other before you even feel comfortable preparing, you know, two main dishes and a dessert. First, see what you can do when no one else is watching and treasure every single mistake. Mistakes are the golden nuggets of information, the priceless lessons, the moments that you're not ever going to repeat, and there's just no progress without these mistakes. And if you're not willing to make mistakes, it means you're not trying to make new meals. Maybe you make the same few meals every week or you're not trying to cook at all. So it's literally impossible for us to develop our own cooking and our creativity without making mistakes. And this 
pretty much goes for every other area of life too. I would have never learned how to speak Amharic, which was my first language, or English, or later French, if I wasn't willing to make mistakes, if I wasn't willing to mess up. And even practicing those languages and continuing to use them requires me to accept that I might make a mistake. I might say something incorrectly, I might forget a word, but it's only the more I'm willing to make those mistakes that the better I develop those language skills. And just in every area of our lives, we can see that this is the case and why perfectionism is so often the enemy to our own progress because we love the drama of having one voice in our head judging us and then the other voice in our head that's trying to encourage us and just having this kind of like duality. So because we're talking about intuition today, we have to start with this internal voice that is not so encouraging sometimes. You know, the voice that doesn't want you to grow because it doesn't want to remember that it doesn't know everything already. Not knowing something scares this voice and it makes us really defensive. Some people call this voice the ego, as I typically do, or the devil, the monkey mind, the pain body, the ache. You know, whatever you call it, we all know what we're talking about. And when this voice gets really loud in the kitchen, it says, oh my God, this recipe looks so complicated. I don't have that ingredient. Now it's going to be ruined. Why did I think I could even make this? This is stupid. I can't do anything because I don't know if apple cider vinegar is important and I don't have it and it's going to turn out nasty and my mom is right and how come I don't know how to do this and I want to go get Chipotle because I'm literally having so much anxiety. You all know this voice and it's not bad, right? We can't judge it as being bad because that internal voice does protect us when we are in danger. It's the reason why we catch ourselves with our hands and we fall and we can quickly dodge a terrible driver who's swerving on the freeway. I know that happens to me a lot here in Miami. <laughs> but because we don't have an education system that teaches us how to cook, we expect to somehow magically know how to do it or be destined for culinary failure. Like it's so extreme. And I'm here to unveil the truth. Learning how to cook is just like learning everything else. It is not magical, secret, or genetic. So don't talk yourself out of the process because the benefits of this craft, of developing this craft, are so lifelong and it will impact everyone around you. And like I said, cooking is simply a craft. It's a craft where, you know, you do have to learn some basic foundational things. How to pick out ingredients, grocery shop, match flavors, and develop simple techniques. But once you have your essential techniques down, you can create. 
And once you start creating, improvising, then you'll encounter a completely new technique or adventure like sourdough bread or macaroons or pizza dough and you decide okay now I want to learn how to do this new thing and you kind of become a student again and you learn the foundational skills in that specific specific thing that you're trying to learn you incorporate it in your craft and you keep going I'm constantly becoming a student over again when I find a new technique or a practice that I want to learn how to master. So currently, I am getting into making tortillas at home. And I'm a student. I'm trying to learn how to make delicious corn tortillas um, without like other additives and how to get the technique to... Um, make them that right thickness and how to use that tortilla press and how to make the masa and so I'm a student in this area and then I'm going to keep you know making tortillas some of them are not great some of them are too thick some of them are too thin sometimes the dough isn't right but I keep trying over and over again because I want to add it to my wheelhouse and I have to be willing to mess up if I want to add new foods into my expertise. I think one big reason though that we allow the negative chatter to stop us from cooking is because we feel like we don't know where to learn how to cook, right? It doesn't feel like we can learn from these celebrity chefs. It doesn't feel like we can learn from a cookbook. And we're like, who is supposed to teach us? Like, where was the secret cooking school that my friends who are great cooks seem to have, like, learned everything from? So the answer is simple. (laughs) We learn how to cook from each other. We have a saying in Amharic that goes, which roughly translates to your personality comes from your house and your skills come from your neighbors. And I love this saying because it reminds me that my entire community is full of teachers. Your entire community is full of teachers especially when it comes to cooking. As someone who spent my life asking people questions about food and flavors and spices, I've sometimes shocked my parents with cooking tips that I've learned from their friends that they've had for 20 years simply because I asked the right question or I made the right observation. You see, sometimes there's knowledge all around you, but you're not paying attention. Many of you may have a parent who is an amazing cook, but you didn't pick up any of their techniques or recipes. I know this is definitely the case in my family, um, not just with me and my brother, but I've also seen it with my grandmother. You know, I spent a lot of time in the kitchen with my grandmother, And my dad was one of nine, so she had nine kids, and only two of them really spent a lot of time in the kitchen with her learning how to cook and, you know, learning her techniques and her skill set. And 
So like, it's kind of weird, even though my grandmother passed away when I was young, I was 16. I spent more time in the kitchen with her than some of her own kids did. And I picked up just as much as I could. I was such a sponge. So if you are on the boat where you feel like your parents, parent was an amazing cook, you did not do anything wrong by not learning when you were in the same house as them or when you were in the same city as them, it's okay. You just weren't looking for it at that time, but you still have the opportunity to learn those skills. Even when a family member has passed, as I found with my grandmother, you can find many of their cooking techniques and practices amongst their close friends and family. Their loved ones who spent time in the kitchen with them can still share and pass on cooking wisdom to you. I often think about how cool that is. Like, there are chains of degrees of separation for every recipe and cooking technique. Like, everyone truly learns from everyone else. So this knowledge from these cooks in your family will help you understand how to create more and more in the kitchen. But your creations, the ones that are unique to you, will really come from tapping into your intuition. So as opposed to the other voice in our head we were talking about earlier, your intuition is kind of that voice, feeling, or knowing that feels like the exact opposite of the chatter. It feels strong and certain and expansive. So when I cook on a daily basis, I season with my intuition. I never measure anything. And sometimes I don't even logically understand why I'm reaching for something, but I just trust it. And I follow the creations. And I always loved the kitchen for this reason. It felt like such a safe space to be playful and curious and, you know, see where it takes you. Every family recipe, cookbook recipe, and Michelin star meal was created by someone's intuition. Following our intuition in the kitchen can sound so scary, especially when we're in a world where there's like a million cookbooks, recipe creators, celebrity chefs, and family cooks who are already crushing it in the kitchen. It's like, why do you need to cook? Why do you need to develop that intuition when there's so many other talented people already? And the answer is that we need your creations in this world. We learn how to cook from each other, so we really need each other to learn to cook so we can benefit from everyone's creativity. So you learn the techniques and the practices in your community, and then as you let your intuition create and you have these recipes and meals that you're sharing that initiated from that intuition, you're then feeding back into your community. You're then teaching others too, saying, hey, look at what I made. You can make this too. And it's just this continuous exchange. And this energy, this idea about you know using your intuition and the kitchen is not at all even related to, you know, spirituality or spiritual communities. I've been listening to interviews by Michelin star chefs who literally 
talk about creating their masterpieces by just tuning into their intuition. Cooking is really this art form that, you know, once you learn the skills, needs you to tap into your inner artist and create something original. So if you're completely unfamiliar with following your intuition in the kitchen, I wanted to give a rough step-by-step guide. So you can start with your favorite recipe and use that to develop and hone that intuition while you still kind of have a safety blanket. So the first step to this is you start with your favorite recipe and you cook it once following each step exactly as it's written. Then while that recipe is still kind of fresh in your mind, like I like to do this maybe 48 hours, like the next time I'll try it, it'll be 48 hours, um, less than 48 hours. And then you write down a loose description of the recipe, what you remember on a piece of paper. And then once you've written down everything you remember, then you can check the recipe, make sure you didn't miss anything like essential on the list. And then you'll cook it a second time, only referring to your piece of paper and allowing yourself to veer off the recipe. Add ingredients that sound good with the meal, add a different seasoning, It can be as simple as adding just one additional spice. So no need to go crazy if you don't feel a lot of inspiration. And then the last step is over the next month, then you'll take that dish and cook it completely from memory at least a few times. And each time you make it, you'll make changes to swap out a spice or substitute like a vegetable you need to use up. And then find yourself using that recipe as more of a guide instead of a list of instructions. You can do this with any recipe. It can be as simple as making homemade latte, a chai, or a smoothie. So if you already cook pretty often, these steps can help you keep pushing your intuition and allow yourself to kind of veer away from your favorite recipes. Because I've met people who are good home chefs who really stick to certain recipes out of certain cookbooks. And I'm like, you are talented. You can make your own dishes at this point. You don't need to keep sticking to the recipe but I think it's really kind of this fear of making a mistake or it not looking like the picture in the cookbook and just trying to achieve this sort of perfection around food when there's no such thing as perfect when it comes to art everything is valuable what I do when I'm trying a new recipe is these steps, except I typically don't follow a recipe exactly, even the first time I read it, um, because I've honestly just cultivated my cooking intuition to be so strong that it's really hard for me to like precisely follow instructions. I think the only recipes I closely have followed are the ones that I've written and I just refer to them as a reference of 
you know, like I really like making this mac and cheese this specific way. So let me look at the recipe to make sure like I can get close to that. But even so, it's challenging for me. So this is why with baking, which calls for a lot of precision, it can be really challenging for me because I can't experiment on my first attempt. Baking requires a lot more precision. But you see, everybody's skill set is so valuable in cooking. For those of you who find yourself being more perfectionist, more detail-oriented, that is an incredibly valuable skill, especially in baking. So if you find yourself a lot more frustrated with cooking, um, which calls for, I don't want to say calls for, but a lot of home chefs really don't record recipes. They cook off their intuition. And if that sounds really scary to you, baking is probably a lot more comfortable because baking does require precision. It requires you to pretty closely measure ingredients. So even if you're having fun with a recipe and adding components, your um, amounts have to be exact. So if those details sound really appealing to you, I really recommend that you try and cultivate your baking skills instead, right? Like we all have our areas where we thrive and just bring everything to the table. But for anyone else who does not like following recipes, please let me know if you can relate to this problem. Uh, but I just want you all to feel that adventurous and dive into your cooking and just feel like there are no limits. Because when it comes to food, you really get what you put in and you're not going to regret the ride because it's going to taste amazing. So that wraps up our discussion on cooking with intuition. I want to hear your thoughts on the topic. Come reach out to me on Instagram. That's where I usually hang out at JustOneGursha and let me know how you tap into your cooking intuition. I want to hear any of your little tips and tricks. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would love to hear what you think on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a rating and review on the show page. Don't forget to subscribe. And thank you again for joining me. Go eat something good today.